just open up your Bible to the book of Isaiah. Uh, Isaiah in chapter 54. Amen. There's good things to be had in Isaiah. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> well, uh, I was asked by Reverend Kamel, uh just uh, last week to minister last night at the River City Mission over on the south side. And uh, I guess it's a, it's a home for homeless people that are like rehabbing and kind of getting themselves back on their feet. And um, he asked me to minister that, and I had been talking to God about more opportunities to minister. And when he, he told me about that, it, it just jumped up in me that that sounds like a, a great thing, and you know, I could be a blessing. So I took that, and uh, we were in healing school just uh, on Sunday, and pastor got off on just a little tiny vein of what he was ministering on. And as soon as he started talking about it, I just started taking notes, just right there, what he was saying. And that was, I just, in my heart, I felt that was what I needed to, to share that night at River City Mission. And uh, I asked God, and he said, do it Wednesday night as well. You'll have it ready, and, and amen. So uh, tonight we're going to talk about righteousness, amen, and being established in righteousness. So in uh, Isaiah chapter 54, verse, verse uh, 14, it says, You shall establish yourself in righteousness, rightness in conformity with God's will and order, and you shall be far from even the thought of oppression or destruction. For you shall not fear, and from terror, for it shall not come near you. I think that's the Amplified for you guys back there. Uh, but amen. So we see here that if you will establish yourself in righteousness, and it's on you, it's on us to establish ourselves in righteousness, that you'll be far from even the thought of oppression or destruction. And you won't fear, not from any terror, and nothing like that is going to come near you. Well, what does it mean to be righteous? You know, when God talks about being righteous, I think to myself, I'm way off from there, from what he would consider righteous. I'm in my own head. I know what thoughts I'm thinking at different times, and... I know I'm, I don't feel righteous a whole lot of times. When you mess up, when you miss it. Um, and I'll just read you this definition I found of righteousness to even more sink that in that I don't feel you know, very righteous just on the surface here. Righteousness is purity of heart and rectitude of life, conformity of heart and life to the divine law. Righteousness, as used in scripture and theology in which it is chiefly used, is nearly equivalent to holiness, comprehending holy principles and affections of heart, and conformity of life to the divine law. It includes all we call justice, honesty, and virtue with holy affections. In short, it is true religion. So again, I, to me, I feel like I'm a pretty good person, but equivalent to holiness, just in myself, just how I feel in my day-to-day, -day, I got a long way to go. So I was thinking, in my, when I read that scripture, I was thinking to myself, how am I supposed to establish myself in righteousness when I don't even feel very righteous. It's like asking, uh, it's like someone telling you, establish yourself in brain surgery. <laughs> going in there by yourself, right. that's not going to work too good. It's go you're going to have a steep learning curve, and there's going to be a trail of bodies <laughs> all along the way of you right. getting there. Right. But uh, does anyone here ever feel like you're unworthy? Like you're not righteous? I'm not the only one. Amen. Well, the good news is, is that we aren't, to God, we're not known by our righteousness, by what we bring to the table. Amen. And thank God for that. Amen. 
And that statement might, that might confuse you, but uh, we'll get into a little bit more here, and hopefully by the end of the night you'll have a grasp on, on what we're talking about here. So if you turn to 2 Corinthians, go to the New Testament here, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, we're going to get righteous tonight. 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17. It says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. And I underline that. New creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. So when we accept Jesus, when we call on the name of Jesus, we accept his salvation. We accept the gift of salvation and allow him into our heart. Uh, we become something new. We're not what we were before in the past. We're something new. We're something better. Amen. And how many of you have been saved in here? I'm just going to ask. I might be asking you to raise your hands a lot tonight. How many of you have been saved? Yeah. So when you got saved, your experience of it, when you received Jesus in your heart, did it just, a feeling just wash over you and immediately you were just good and holy and righteous, and in your mind, you were all squared away, and you had no more issues going on. Nothing else you had to think about. No? Yeah, same with me. Those same things, those same problems uh, that were dogging you before, they're still there. But something did change. And uh, go to First uh, Thessalonians chapter 5. Something did change when you got born again. And this is the key to establishing yourself in righteousness. Amen. We're special humans. We're a very special class of being. We're different than angels. We're different than animals. Some people may disagree with that, with the animals, but we're different than animals. All right, we're better than animals. I'm just going to say that. <laughs> we love them, but we're, be we're better than animals. Let's just get that straight. So in 1 Thessalonians 5.23, we have... Three parts that make us up, uh, we humans. And uh, this scripture here lines it out very simply for us. It says, And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly, and I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless under the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So there's three parts there. Spirit, that's the eternal part of you. That's, that's the God part of you. Uh, that's the real you. Amen. Amen. That's your spirit. You got your soul. That's your mind, that's your will, that's your emotions. I call it, because it's your will, I call it the decider. The mind is what decides what's going to happen in your body, in your, in your life, just in general. And then you have your body, which everybody knows the body. It's just this flesh suit we have on that we wear around allows us to be on this earth. So salvation, it just affects one part of you, your spirit. It's made new. It's made completely new. It's brought alive unto God. And in that moment, all the power, all the holiness, all the righteousness of God is indwelling inside of you, in the real you, in your spirit. And when you start doing things you did before that you didn't have any problem with, it starts talking to you. That's your spirit once it's been renewed, once it's been reborn. That's why they call it being born again. It starts talking to you. But that's your core, amen? Amen. But being established in righteousness, it requires you to know this important thing, that your thoughts and your actions don't identify who you are. And that's not a license to do whatever you want. 
Just a little caveat. Don't go out here saying, Brett said I can do whatever I want and I'm always righteous. In a way that's true, but you can do things wrong. You can leave a door open to the enemy. You can make your life a lot more difficult and be a believer uh, and still be going to heaven and make your life much more difficult than it has to be. Amen. So be righteous the best you can, but just know even when you mess up, even when something's not going right, you don't feel good about yourself, that you are righteous. The power of God, his righteousness is inside of you, and you can tap into that. Amen. But what you do doesn't determine whether you're righteous or not. And uh, this is why the word tells us, if you go to Romans 12, this is why the word tells us that you have to renew your mind. Amen. Because it's hard to think. It's hard to think that I'm righteous sometimes. Just like with with other uh, promises in the new covenant. When you're hurting, it's hard to think you're healed. It's hard to get your mind to line up with that. When you look at your bank account and it's in the red, it's hard to think. I've got supply. And I'm I'm rich. Amen? So that's why we have to renew our minds. Romans 12 and verse 2. We're commanded, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So we're responsible for it, for renewing our minds. And that means that we have to convince our minds with everything in us that what the Word says is true, that we're righteous, that we're holy, that we're funded, amen, that we're healed. You have to convince your mind. That's what it means to establish. Establish means to institute something by enactment or agreement, agreement with the Word. That's what it means to establish yourself in righteousness. But you got to convince your mind of it. But just think about, and, and God, I know God doesn't like this, how we act towards God whenever we mess up, whenever we fall short. I know me, if I mess up, I like to give God a couple days. You know, I like to give him a day or two <laughs> to kind of just be mad and I'll just be over here. You know, I'm sorry, I'll just be over here. But how I many you know he doesn't like that? He doesn't want that. He doesn't want to have a day or a week or a month away from you because you feel so bad about what you did. He doesn't want that. That's what Adam and Eve did in the garden. That's how he knew something was up. He said, I don't like that. Why why are you you doing that? That's not right. We cower and we pull away. But God doesn't want that kind of relationship with us. His mercies are new every day. And above all, he wants fellowship. Because he loves you and he knows it without him. We can, apart from him, we can do nothing. He knows that. And so if we're apart from him and he loves us, we're just going to be going down and down and down without him. And he knows that. Uh, but like I said, his mercies are new every day. Uh, he wants us to approach him confidently. If you go to Hebrews 4, I'm sure you all have heard this, uh, this scripture. But uh, it helps me sometimes. Amen? When I'm feeling down and I'm feeling like I, don't, I haven't done a whole, whole lot good, you know? And I'm not living in open sin or anything, but I'm just saying that these things just, these thoughts come against you. Amen. But in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15, it says, For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted, like as we are, yet without sin. Let us, therefore, come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So boldly... What that means is when you do something 
that to other people around you, would, you would, they would think, mm, I don't know if that's a good idea. That's what being bold is. Getting, you know, you're doing the right thing, obviously. But you're just going out there, you're reaching out beyond what you're comfortable with. What you're comfortable with asking. And when you mess up, it's not comfortable to necessarily be in front of the Father. That's why you want to run away. That's why you want to hide. But he's saying, I need you to be bold with me. And even when you mess up, I need you to be willing to come back to me. Because I need you here with me and you need to be here with me. Amen. Even when we don't feel like it. Especially when we don't feel like it. And when you think about it, faith is only doing something that you don't feel like doing just because God told you to do it. That's what faith is. So it's like I'll say, I've said this before, and some people get it, some people you know, don't, but this is just how I see it. When, when I think about love, like loving someone naturally, like my mom, my dad, Sarah, just loving people, you can like them for all the great things about them that you, that you enjoy. So all their positive aspects, you can like that, and that's great. But you can only love them, you can only tap into love when they do things that just irritate the fire out of you. That's the only chance you get at exercising some love. Right. And then it's just like the word says about loving your enemies, because what good is it if you can love someone that is good to you? That's your friend. You only have the opportunity to love when they're doing something that's irritating you, when they're wronging you. Amen? Or it perceived wronging you. So just think about that, and that's what faith is. Faith is... Whenever you say, I just don't feel like it, though. Yeah, that's the whole point. (laughs) That's what faith is for. It's the whole reason we have faith. Amen. Uh, When you think about healing in your body, it's confessing the word when you don't feel good. Finances is confessing the word when you don't have two nickels to rub together to make a dime. That's all faith is. And so if you think the, the life of faith is going to be, you know, I get to a pinnacle and then I just kind of coast on out of this thing. No, that's not it. If you're going to live a life of faith, there's going to be something that you want that you don't feel like you have. And you've got to talk, you talk to it. Right. And you've got to speak words to it. Amen. Speak the word to it. And, uh, and words are powerful. That's what God's after. He wants your words. Amen. Uh, and the same goes, like, like I say, with righteousness. You've got to confess the word over yourself when you feel like you're a dirty dog. Right. And you're just no good. Amen? Because God's a God of faith. And every promise that he has, we have to receive by faith. Amen? Amen. Same with salvation. You, nothing happened. You didn't feel anything. But you knew that you knew that you knew at that moment when you received him, I'm going to heaven. I'm good. Right. I'm right with God right in this moment. That's faith. Confidence when you don't know, but you just trust God. You just say, you said it, so I'm just going to do it. And that's wisdom, too, really. That's my own personal definition of wisdom, is doing something because someone else said, or someone else has done it before, and just doing it because they said that's the way to do it, if they know better. Do it just because they said to do it, because they know better, just like God. He knows better. So if you just do what he says to do, that's wisdom, because you don't know. Amen? Amen. And he tells us that we need to speak faith-filled words over our lives. So uh, if you go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, we're going to look at here about a 
A good scripture for righteousness. If you're ever feeling unrighteous, you just look at this bad boy here. Chapter 5 and verse number 21. And it says, For he hath made him, Jesus, to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Right there it says, We are the righteousness of God in him. Amen. And just speak that over yourself every day. Anytime you're feeling like you're not worthy, like you're run down, just speak that over yourself. I am the righteousness of God every day. Uh, your words, I know we, we're taught right in this church. Your words matter. Amen. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Not in God's hands. It's not in the devil's hands. It's in your tongue. It's in what you're saying about yourself. And the devil's after your tongue. Oh, he wants it. It's like a nuclear warhead for him. He's trying to get it. He's trying to get a hold of it and use it to destroy your life. And God, he's trying to get the steering wheel and get you back on the road here. Keep you safe. So just, and little things, you know, uh, people will say, and pastor was talking about this in healing school, people will say, I'm a sinner. A born-again believer will say, I'm a sinner. Or, uh, but you're not a sinner. Not if you're born again. You've been made a new creature. The sinner was the old man. The sinner is someone that goes to hell. It's not, you can still do wrong as a believer, but their condition was a sinner before they were born again. Once you're born again, your condition is something else. Your condition is a child of God. Right. You can't be both. Right. Amen. Amen. You're a new creation. I like to think of it like if you saw, you know, everybody knows what a caterpillar is. A little worm crawling around on a, a branch or a leaf. They crawl everywhere, a caterpillar. That's their whole life, just crawling around, eating whatever. And, uh, but eventually they get in their cocoon and they transform and they come out as a butterfly, a beautiful butterfly. Now, it's a butterfly, but if that butterfly thought to itself, I have wings and they're nice, but I'm just going to crawl everywhere. I feel more like a caterpillar. That doesn't make him a caterpillar. Right. He can crawl his whole life and die without flapping his wings once, but that didn't make him a caterpillar. Right. Amen. That's us. We're a butterfly. We're not a caterpillar. We're not to identify with who's out there, right. with, with the world out there, with uh, a sinner man, with the sinner man. Uh, we're different. We're called to something higher. Amen. Amen. God calls you a son. He calls you righteous. He calls you holy and loved. And you're always going to be that to him, no matter how much you mess up. Amen. Even those that, it kind of chokes me up to think about it sometimes, even people that outright deny Jesus completely, curse his name, hate him. He died for them, and he loves them more than they can even love themselves, really, if you can fathom that. And he died for them, even knowing from the beginning of time that they would treat him like they're treating him, that they would say the things they're saying about him. Amen. And if he loves them that much, I mean, just think about, he loves us all the same, but it, just should, it should encourage you. It should give you some comfort that you're loved no matter what. Amen. Amen. You were bought with a high, high price. Right. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. And I, I just know that when I have a son, when I have children, they're not ever not going to be my children. Right. They're not ever not going to be my sons and daughters. Or uh, They could kill somebody. They could rob a bank. They're always going to be mine. And there's justice, right. again, 
not saying go out and do whatever you want. But they're always going to be mine. Amen. And that's how the Father sees us. So just any, sin, any feelings of unworthiness, of doubt in his love for you, just drive that out of you. It's poison in your mind if you think that. At any time, if you think that his love for you is based on your works, based on how good you are, it's just a trap and it'll get you off in a ditch. Amen. You are the righteousness of God. And proclaim that to yourself and just keep saying it. Amen. No matter how bad you messed up. And his victory that he has for us, it's all a gift. That's all it is. You can't earn it. Even being good. All you do is you just receive the gift that he's given. That he's bestowed on you. And you just speak his word and you experience his victory. His victory that he bought. A sweatless victory for us. Amen. That's all he's asking us is just to receive it. How easy is that? But the more you exercise your faith in these things, calling yourself righteous, calling yourself holy, calling yourself a child of God, the more that fruit is going to abound in your life, the more you're going to have peace about who you are, the more uh, in your mind, the more stable you're going to feel about your relationship with God. Amen? Life and death are in the power of the tongue, like I said. And... uh, the devil wants it. He wants your tongue. But uh, God wants you to, to confess the right things with your tongue. Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. And uh, I'm just going to, in closing, just encourage you about, uh, Pastor was talking about this the other day as well, that our hearts are dirt. A lot of times in the Bible, you hear about the four different types of ground. Uh, our hearts are dirt. And the words you speak are seeds that are going into that ground. And has anyone here ever had a garden, ever started a garden? You know how that goes. Hugh, he raised his hand up. Yeah. Uh, how many of you know if you, what, what happens if you till up a piece of ground, nice, beautiful, rich piece of ground, and you just leave it there, you don't do anything with it, and you just let it sit? Is it going to stay like that for any period of time? No, it's growing up. See, the soil, like our heart, the soil is designed for something to grow up out of it. Notice that when God cursed the man, he said that the, the, he didn't say the ground wasn't going to yield anything. The ground's made to yield. He just said what it's yielding is going to be different now. Right. It's going to be thorns and thistles rather than the good things that it was yielding before. Yeah. The ground is made to yield. Right. It's always going to yield something. And that's our heart, too. Your heart is always going to be producing and yielding something. So you can, like a garden, you can tend it, you can weed it, you can take care of it, or you can just let it go. But there's something coming up in your heart, in your garden. Amen. Your heart is designed and made to produce something. Amen. There's no such thing as a spiritual pause button. If you get to a place and you just take a vacation, (laughs) you know, for a couple, spiritually, you just take a vacation. I'm not going to read the word. I'm not going to do any of that. No, you're not going to come back and have the progress where you were before. You're going to be back a little bit. You're going to have some cleaning up to do in your garden. Amen. But if you keep it clean, keep your garden clean, keep your heart clean, keep it, keep sowing right words into it, right things, holy things, then it'll produce a, a crop and a harvest that you'll actually be able to enjoy. Amen.
Amen. Like I said, it's always bringing forth something. And I know that uh, it's, it's a step, stepping out. And when you, feel, when you feel a certain way, saying that you're righteous, saying that you're holy, saying that even if you're healed or saying that you have a supply, it's tough. But it starts with getting it started, getting into it. And once you start making some headway, once you start confessing, and you get over that hump just getting into it, I promise you it's going to start working for you. Amen. The Word says, and if you just give up before you even get started, then you're know, definitely not going to have anything there. Amen. What was it, Wayne Gretzky? You miss 100% of the shots you don't take? There it is right there. You don't reap 100%, you don't, yeah, reap 100% of the seeds you don't sow. Amen. Amen. Well, I just wanted to encourage you tonight uh, with the Word. And uh, just let you know that you're loved and, and that inside you in your spirit, that you are righteous, that you are holy, uh, and that you're loved by God. Amen. No matter what. Amen. All right. Well, if you would just...